Secure Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. Yeah, it's a little bit after the hour. Happy Fourth of July weekend, everyone. Joe Anderson here, certified financial planner, alongside Alan Klopine. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully, you are out and about going to a barbecue, enjoying friends and family. This weekend marks the Fourth of July holiday, otherwise known as Independence Day, Alan. Yeah, it sure is. Someone else is using that Independence Day, but that was uh, June twenty third. Right, the uh, Brexit, huh? Yes. Yeah, and we uh, we kind of went through that last week. Probably no need to talk about it again. Well. It's interesting to say the least how markets react and then yes. overreact. Yeah, we have and then that. react back and then you know it's it's well I guess well, here's the point it's going to be a volatile ride. It is. I think that's about the only thing we know for sure. I mean, so the market uh, Dow lost what about 800 points in two days and and made it all back through Thursday. Yeah, because it free fell Friday and then right. on Monday was down what another two fifty three hundred yeah, points. Yeah, exactly. And then people started getting a little bit more nervous, and then all of a sudden it starts creeping back up. Yeah. And so it's just making these knee jerk reactions, and it's never to say hindsight's twenty twenty because there's a lot of fear. Of course. Well, yeah. and the truth is, it could have gone down further. Oh, and, sure, and and, 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 and it still and might. maybe still will. Yeah. Right, because we won't know exactly what's going to happen with this thing for I don't know months or years. I, I agree with that. So um, it could be the doom and gloomers are saying, all right, well, it could be contagion, right? Then all other, you know, a lot of other countries in the EU might want to succeed out. Or they might say, you know what, Europe is pretty powerful, or Britain is, and so they're going to get along, they're going to communicate, and things will be... They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. I mean, so it's a 50-50 shot here. It could blow up or it could be just fine, and we don't know that. And I think that's with everything. Yeah, I was going to say that's pretty much everything. Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about the market, I mean, in in one particular day, the market may go up, and the next day it goes down, and and the so-called experts quote the same things. The market went up because of, and then the next day the market went down in spite of, and they quote the same things. And it's like, well, it's it sort of sounds like the market is a living, breathing entity. And actually, I guess it sort of is in a way because it's all of our collective opinions uh, based upon what companies' profits are going to do. Yeah, and it's and it's the information that's readily known to everyone. And so I think the point that we were trying to make last weekend was that, all right, well, the, the, it's out. The, the vote is finalized. Yeah, we know that. So yeah. we know that. So the information's out. So that's why the markets react. And if the markets feel that it's going to get worse, then tomorrow the markets are going to go down. If they feel that, hey, maybe we overreacted a little bit, the markets will go up or right, or it'll, it'll plateau for quite some time. Right. So it's not like, oh, because of this event, the the markets are going to continue to crash because of a past event. Well, the past event is already priced into the market today. And so it's going to be future events that is going to influx the market even further up or down, depending on what the news comes out. Yeah. And we don't know that information until the news is released. And so we can speculate and we can say, all right, well, we think that this is going to happen. But guess what? All the smart people on Wall Street are doing the same thing that you are. And they're thinking they have their own opinions as well. 
they think, all right, well, you know what? They're going to get this thing together, or it's not as bad as it seems, or guess what, man? This thing is a cluster, and it's going to take forever to figure this thing out, and the, the economy is going to take a huge blow. The world economy is. So it, it's very, very difficult to play that timing game. And that fear drives people to get out once they see the market reacts. And they don't understand that volatility is not necessarily a, a loss. Volatility is nature of the markets, right? So if you're in the markets, you have to anticipate and expect that markets will be volatile. If you are surprised by the volatility, then you probably have no reason to be in the markets to begin with. Right, because that's that's a normal event. And don't you love the way, uh, so the news headlines, I think it was on uh, Saturday morning about how the world lost two trillion dollars right. in one day and then and then we lost a whole bunch more on monday and then tuesday wednesday thursday it all came roaring back but they didn't say no we, we gained two we trillion gained two, dollars two, no, no they never say that of course do they? not they don't want that doesn't sell <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> right doesn't freak you out right it makes it complacent right and that doesn't sell magazines it doesn't sell advertising it doesn't sell newspapers so you just gotta keep certain things in perspective. If you are investing for the long term, which most of you are, and what I mean by long term is that it's your retirement potentially, it's your kids' education, or maybe it's a wealth transfer uh, to the kids and the grandkids. What happens tomorrow, what happened last week is no indicative of what's gonna have any effect on your overall long-term goals. Just because Britain is no longer, or they're still in, I mean, they could say, you know what, no. Yeah. I mean, what they're trying to re have another referendum to yeah, vote there's... to stay in. Yeah, last I saw, there's like four million signatures. Yeah, right. I and, saw that and, too. And uh, uh, what George Soros said I, on Thursday oh, was, "George, that, yeah, he's and he's the expert of everything, <laughs> right? Is he ninety? Something like that. But anyway, so what he said uh, was, by the time that they decide to vote on whether they enact this Rule 50 from the Lisbon Act to to go ahead and start the the exit." you know, from the EU, then there may be more signatures on this referendum than actually voted to exit. So it'll it'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it, it, it's very interesting to watch. Um, so stay tuned. We'll keep you abreast. Um, I, I think it's, it's looking forward to say, all right, well, here, what should you be doing? I think last week our opinion was don't do anything. Uh, when markets go down, what you want to do is be more strategic, right? You want to look at tax loss harvesting. You want to rebalance the overall portfolio. Uh, Roth IRA conversions or maybe distributions is a better time to do this. And what I mean by distributions um, as well, and, and I want to get into this a little bit later on in the show, we talked about required minimum distributions a little bit last week, and we got a lot of questions on that. Um, so when markets go down, you can make lemonade, I guess, out of lemons um, by looking at, all right, well, here, if I have money in a retirement account and markets are volatile and markets go down a couple of percent, well, if I take dollars out of that retirement account, well, I'm saving a couple of percent in tax as well. And when you take money out of a retirement account, you do not have to sell the shares as long as it's in an IRA. If it's in a 401k, well, yeah, then you'll have to sell and get cash and reinvest. But if it's in an IRA, you could take distributions, sell it, or just take the, the, the custodian will just give you a 1099, it's called. So you just transfer the shares out into a brokerage account. You don't necessarily have to sell the shares. So now those shares, right, you didn't sell them. Now they're sitting outside of your retirement account. You pay tax on the distribution, but your tax liability was a lot less because you got more shares out at a lower price. So there's different things that you can do in volatile markets to put yourself in a better position long term. But before we dive into the nuts and bolts of how to put together your overall retirement account, it's time to celebrate a little bit, right? Uh, it's 4th of July. We got fireworks, barbecues, parades, picnics, family reunions. You got any family reunions, Big Al? Uh, no, just, well, the four of us, I guess. 
It's a very happy holiday across America, and I hope you enjoy it with family and friends. But at some point in your life, and hopefully sooner than later, you'll celebrate two Independence Day in the same year. One will be the 4th of July, just as you do every single year. And the second will be the day you achieve financial independence. See that little tie? That was good. See that tie on words there? Right. You got quite a writer. And for most people, that will be the day you retire. Imagine the freedom and the power that you can only come from achieving financial independence. It's a very powerful place to be. It will not only change the way you think, it will also change the way you live your life. But one thing's for sure, achieving financial independence is never an accident. This doesn't just magically happen one day because you've saved X amount of dollars. Achieving financial independence only comes from having a thoughtful and comprehensive financial plan. And the sooner you create the plan, the sooner that independence will come. We'll be back in just a second. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show called Your Money or Wealth. My name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with Big Al Clopine. He is a CPA. Show is Your Money, Your Wealth. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, thank you. Um, hopefully you're enjoying whatever weekend you're, or whatever day. Yeah, could be before they, probably, I, I bet you a lot of people listen to it right before they go to sleep. Put some right out. Right out. Uh, if you if you enjoy the podcast, write a review. Say, hey, I like this thing. Uh, that would, I don't know why the podcast worked that way. Yeah, so if you write a review, positive or negative, it's good. So yeah, I had this guy I talked to um, last week. And um, he said, you know, I listen to your podcast. And I'm a podcast coach. Ah. I said, okay, sounds good. How can so you coach he, me? He wants to help you. He wants to help the podcast. Yeah. And he goes, you know what is very interesting to me is that with I've never heard of a financial program where you guys laugh as much as you do. And did he like it or not? I don't know. He didn't say. <laughs> he didn't really he say. Said, I'm not sure that's what you want to do. <laughs> no, he didn't really coach me on it. He yeah. goes, yeah, you guys kind of laugh a lot when you're talking about finances. <laughs> so I what? said, well, hey, it's Saturday morning. Yeah. I mean, We're happy people. Let's have some fun. <sighs> well, anyway, happy 4th of July weekend. Everyone, hopefully, uh, like I said, you're enjoying what you're doing. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to help you find your financial independence. There's a lot of different habits. There's a lot of different steps that you need to take to achieve them. And I don't know about you, Al. I got about 30 steps, and I'm not sure if we can get through them all, well, but I, we can kind of tackle some of them. Yeah, I've got different articles. The first one I have says seven habits. You have that one to help you reach financial independence? Of course I do. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I'm going to start that one, Joe. All right. Because I think the first one is, uh, I think these are all good, actually. Uh, And a lot of these might seem obvious, but I think it's a good reminder. I mean, this is how people actually end up saving enough money to successfully retire and to live the lifestyle that you want to live. So the first one is to avoid consumer debt. So that's credit card debt. When you buy stuff, buy it with cash. I mean, there's some exceptions. A home, you'll most likely need to buy with a mortgage. And in some cases, uh, particularly when you're first starting out cars, you may get a car loan. Although there's good arguments for just buying uh, cars with cash, too, uh, with what you can afford. And then when you can afford more, you, you trade up, you get a better car. But the point is uh, where a lot of people uh, fall uh, flat on their face, I guess, is wow. they overspend, Joe. And it's because of the credit cards. I mean, how many times do you walk through a store and it says, I saw this a, a couple days ago. It said free interest for five years. That was actually at the fair. It was at the Del Mar Fair. It was a, a hot tub. Free interest for five years. Really? I should go. I need you a should. new hot tub. 
And so you know how that works, though. How much is a hot tub? A couple thousand bucks? Uh, no, probably five grand and up, I oh, would say. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, so here's Don't how... you have a hot tub that doesn't have, like, a, like walls or something? <laughs> well... It's called a soft tub. I, I do have one. It's uh, it it's it's like one of those like little pools. Yeah, that you, as kids were, but now well, it's, it's for grownups. <laughs> I guess. Well, it's yeah. I mean, it's uh, it it is a it's a it has walls. It's circular, uh, vinyl. It has a heater and everything. But uh, anyway, can yeah. You drain it, fold it up, put it in your car. No, oh. no, but you can drain it, and, and one person can carry it. Oh, I do wow. like that. All right. I could put it anywhere I want in the yard. Okay. Or if you have a, a party on Monday, I'll, I'll drain it and bring it over. All right, let's yeah. do it. <laughs> anyway, here's the point. The point is uh, you get enticed with these great deals. What, what's wrong with 0% interest? Well, then what happens is if you haven't paid that thing off over the specified period of time, then they charge you interest from day one, and it's all of a sudden accrued. And where you thought it was going to be a five thousand dollar payment that you had to make, now it's now it's sixty five hundred or or more, depending upon what the interest rate is. By the time those pay, you know, by by the time that period expires, and I, and I know a lot of people say, well, I'm going to pay it off before that term, but it's it's rarely done. And the um, the finance companies make a ton of money because they know the behavior of people. Yeah, I got I did that um, with my bed. Sleep train. Sleep train. Put that on a five-year plan? Or I don't know. Whatever, well, I already paid it, it off. I bought it like six months ago. Yeah. But, um, and I don't know why I did it. But I got like a king-size, California king. Yeah. Um, Tempur-Pedic. And it vibrates. And the thing goes up and down. Oh, it's crazy. Oh, yeah, okay. It was, maybe that might be too much information. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I, I, yeah. Unfortunately, that's in my brain. I'll never get it out. <laughs> Those guys are good salespeople, man. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, you need one of these. He's like, well, you, you, you're laying you, this thing. You work all week, and then you do a radio show and a TV right. show. You well, need have to you ever bought relax. a bed, and you lay in the bed? They all feel the same. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, lay on this one. Okay. Well, lay on this one. Well, I don't know. what, what What's the difference? It yeah. feels exactly the same. Well, the and then I got in the one that I bought. Yeah. And then he like put the pushes the buttons and thing starts vibrating. I was like, for sure, how much is this? Fifty grand? All right, let's put it on layaway. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> I don't oh, know. It was man. It oh, was man. a few but, thousand bucks. But so you're one of the ones that paid it off before the free interest ran out. Yeah, I think I just paid it off the next month. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So good. anyway, so that's that's one thing. Avoid consumer debt. And the amount of people, I mean, the people that are in debt, I mean, I don't have the stats in front of us, but it's one of the main reasons why people can't retire. They're, they're still in debt. And so well, they, and another big problem, too, is, well, there's consumer debt, then there's also student loan debt that we're seeing a lot of individuals exactly. that are paying for their kids' student right. college. Yeah, and you see a lot of parents doing that and getting loans to pay for their kids' college because that was kind of their promise uh, to make that they made to their kids. And now they can't retire because they're paying off all this debt. Very, very common. And it's, uh, you know, that, so here's a little sidebar, Joe. This is my own opinion uh, by uh, Mr. Alan Clopine, which is nowadays college education, there should be a lot more thought and consideration on the cost benefit of the college. And in other words, your major that you're taking, what kind of career will that generate? Is it really worth the tuition fees that you're going to be paying? Could you do it a lot cheaper? In other, and a lot cheaper, what I mean by you could go to a junior college for a couple of years and then transfer to a California State College, a lot cheaper than going to, say, Harvard for four years. 
Now, of course, if you get scholarships, that changes everything. But I think a lot of people at uh, this day and age are not doing a simple cost-benefit analysis and ending up with huge amounts of, of student debt. Well, I think that goes along with like kind of keeping up with the Joneses a little bit. It does. Because, all right, well, here, you know, you go to the cocktail parties, the Christmas parties, the Fourth of July barbecues and things like that. And it's like, okay, well, hey, how's Junior doing? Yeah, where's, uh, yeah where, uh, where's he going? Yeah, oh, well, uh, you know, junior college. <laughs> no, they're not going to say that. Well, he's floundering because he's going to junior college. Because that's probably what they're thinking. Yeah, right. right. Instead of oh no, he's at he's, um, he's, he's at, at you know Harvard or yeah, Yale or right, think, what, you know, Boston College. Yeah, he or, went, he's at Stanford. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a status thing. And boy, you can apply that to keeping up with the Joneses, which uh, with everything. I mean, that's cars, it's furniture, it's how you dress, it's where what events you go to, and it's on and on and on. And that's that's yet another, that's probably the second uh, habit that um, that will keep you from financial independence is trying to keep up with the Joneses, and, and probably the, the Jones, you probably don't even like the Joneses. Right. So why you can't do you even, stand them. Why do you even keep up with them? Who cares? <laughs> yes. It's tough. Yeah. You know, it's, um, and, and, you know, we live in Southern California. And there's keeping up with the Joneses all over the That's place. That's common, right? You know, like The Millionaire Next Door was a pretty interesting book yes. where the millionaires weren't necessarily the Joneses, right? It was the individuals uh, that drove the you know the the 1985 Ford pickup trucks, right? And had modest you know homes and wore overalls and you know uh, what Stanley Thomas Stanley I think his name was I think that's right. right he yeah. Just, yeah, he passed away unfortunately in like I, a kind of a car accident I think yeah, a few years ago. I, I heard that too. Uh, but yeah, I did a study with all these different millionaires, right? And then the, the the common thread was a lot of these millionaires first of all didn't come from money; they built their own money, right? By diligent savings by spending less than what they own or, or earn right that they're keeping out of consumer debt and they're ignoring the Joneses right they're ignoring the Joneses and I one of the things key. one of the things they did Joe is they spent less than they earned and that's really an important factor and I and I would say also along that lines uh, and you, you see this real common with people like this they're they're frugal and they figured out how to save money on taxes too because if you if you look at your budget some people don't do this they don't realize how much they're actually spending in taxes from income taxes to sales taxes to property taxes and and the truth is particularly as you get closer to retirement, people think that, well, I just have to pay the taxes. That's the end of it. But the truth is you have more control over paying taxes in retirement than any other time in your life. But you may not be getting that advice from your your, uh, your professional advisor because in most cases, it's not really their expertise. So, But there's a way to do this. It's to have a forward-looking tax-efficient strategy. Now back to your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name is Joseph Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with Alan Klopine. He's a CPA. Go to purefinancial.com. Learn a little bit more about our firm. We are one of the largest fee-only financial planning firms. Uh, we manage about $1.4 billion of client assets. So um, check us out, purefinancial.com. P-U-R-E, purefinancial.com. A lot of really good information on there. Or you can, um, if you want to listen to more of this show, um, if, because here in, in certain markets, we're only on for an hour. Uh, other markets, we're on for two hours. The podcast gets both. So if you want, um, and a lot of times we'll have guests. And so we usually put the guests on, on the later half of the show. 
Uh, so if you want to check us out, go to iTunes um, and then subscribe to our podcast, or you can easily subscribe to our podcast at purefinancial.com. We're talking about some habits that you need to form to become financially independent since it is Independence Day weekend. And one of the things is that you got to keep investing because right now is a really good time to talk about this is that when markets go down, people stop investing, which is the worst thing that you can do, right? It's like, well, Joe, Al, I'm, I don't want to put good money after bad. Yeah, we hear that all the time. The stock market's down, so why would I want to invest? Well, wait a minute. Let's, let's dissect what you just said. The stock market is down, so that means prices are low. Isn't, aren't we supposed to buy low? Right, as long as you have confidence that the stock market will go up, but they don't have that confidence when the market goes down. That's the problem, because right? Because they the, the the confidence is that they think it's going to continue to go down because that's called recency bias. Right. So here's the cure to that that I would say is is just invest regularly and periodically, like through your 401k, for example. That's the pay yourself first concept. Go ahead and and have that withheld out of your paycheck. Make sure you keep investing in all markets, up, down, sideways. Don't even think about it. Just do it, go on autopilot. And that's, that. because here's what we see happen sometimes. People will come into our office and they'll say, you know, I don't really have much of a 401k balance because I stopped investing after the dot-com bust. And so now they basically lost 15 years of investing or more. And it's like, wow, I mean, yeah, there were some problems with the market, but you want to keep investing regularly. That's called dollar cost averaging. It, it works, especially with your 401k. You invest a little bit each month. If the market's up, well, you feel good because the rest of your assets are up. If the market's down, huh, even better because now I'm buying shares when they're lower. Don't even worry about it. Right, yeah. And if you're not retiring for five, 10 years, who cares? Right, you want the market to crash a little bit because then you're going to be buying more shares of stock, and when it recovers, guess what? You're going to have a lot more money. Right. So just understand that markets are risky. The stock market's risky. The bond market's risky. I think what I read earlier this week, when um, you know, when the flight to quality happened on Friday, Monday. Right. And there's a lot of um, global interest rates. Global are at 500 year lows. Right. <laughs> 500. That's what Bill Gross said. Okay. 500-year lows, dude. Wow. Is that crazy? That is crazy. And because, I mean, we're negative interest rate environments. We've never experienced that before. And isn't it interesting, Joe, because we've been hearing people talk about, I, I would say, honestly, for the past 10 years, interest rates are about to spike up. It's right around the corner. And here we are. 10 years later, hasn't happened yet. Now, it could happen next week, for all I know. But, but it's interesting. That it, and, and sort of this, this goes back to investing and keep investing at, at all times in all markets. And don't pay any attention to what people are saying because it's just their opinion. And what's weird is, is like the, the doomsdayers came out on Friday of last week and Monday because, oh, the world's coming to an end. And then Tuesday, it's like, well, it wasn't as bad as we thought on Wednesday you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and and now people are saying, well, they'll figure it out. It's and it's it's like, it, it's like don't pay any attention to these experts with regards to your own investments. But I think you have to pay attention to some of it, though. Well, here's what here, what I mean by this is this is that you have to make sure that you take a look at your current portfolio, and making sure that you understand the risks that you're taking in the overall portfolio. And you have to realize that if you take a look at market valuations, that market valuations are high, 
right? I mean, that's just a fact in a sense of depending on what valuations that you look at. Does that mean you act on it? Not necessarily. Right. Interest rates are at all-time lows. The 10-year treasury is under 2%. That's, that's pretty low. That's the risk-free rate. You give your money to the federal government of the United States, 10 years later, you get a couple of points, a point and a half. Right. Right. So, right, there's challenges. So you have to anticipate that rates will go up. We just don't know when. And if rates go up, what does that do to your bonds if you hold bonds? What is that going to do to stocks if you hold stocks? What kind of stocks do you own? Do you own international stocks right now? Should you continue to own international stocks or should you load up even more on international stocks? I think you have to understand your portfolio in the environment that we're in so you're not surprised by anything. Right. Because I think that lack of knowledge surprises people. Right. And then when they get surprised, what do they do? They act wrong. Right. So uh, we're not predictors. We have no idea what should happen. I mean, what's going to happen. But we know what should happen is that you should probably do nothing besides maybe tax loss harvest your accounts, rebalance your accounts, look for different tax moves when it comes to taking distributions from your retirement accounts, and making sure that, A, you properly have the right portfolio based on your time frame goals and, and you know need for risk. Yeah, and I agree with you, Joe. That really is the key to make sure you have the right portfolio for you that you're going to earn the long-term rate of return that you need in the safest way possible. And, uh, yeah, you don't ignore it, as you say. When, when, uh, when certain asset classes go up, you want to rebalance. You want to take some of those profits off the table and buy the ones that haven't done as well because they will cycle through at a different time. But here's, here's what uh, we see, though, is that when people pay too much attention to these experts, they start to make poor decisions because they get very fearful. Well, you've got to understand what, who the expert is, too, first of all. Right. right. Because there's something that's called front-running that is prevalent in the markets. Let's say I'm a portfolio manager, right, and I'm going to go on the, the airwaves, right? I'm on CNBC, Fox Business News, whatever. And I'm talking about the overall markets, and it's like, okay, well, here, you know, treasuries right now, they, they can only go one way but down, the pricing on these things. And, you know, and so they're, they're probably saying something, and they're doing the exact opposite to try to get better pricing for themselves. That does happen, yes. Of course that happens. So the people are listening, okay, wow, if he's saying that the markets are bad, maybe I should get out. Well, that's exactly what they want you to do. Right. Because it's a long-term play for them, right? Unless they're an actively um, you know, super high-frequency trader that are just looking for a quarter of a, of a per, or an eighth of a percent or of a penny, right. right? But no, that's not you. That would not affect you because most of you listening are long-term investors. And if you believe in capitalism, that stock prices will continue to rise over the long term, then you should be properly diversified, rebalanced, tax manager accounts. Be very active in the allocation, but not necessarily try to time it based on headlines and news and media and everything else. Joe, another, uh, another trait, I think, to, to obtain um, financial independence is be flexible. Because sometimes life throws a couple curveballs at you. You may have years where you have less income, and you may need to adjust your spending. And sometimes people, they get in this mode where, I want to live this lifestyle, you know, come hell or high water. And sometimes you have to change uh, in midstream because your circumstances changed. And if you can do that, you're much more likely to succeed down the road. Most definitely. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that people have. They blow themselves up because it's like, all right, well, here, I'm retired. I'm, 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 I'm used to spending this type of income. Right. right. And then they tell themselves that, okay, well, here, next year we'll tone down. 
but this is our first year of retirement. We always wanted to go on the cruise. We always wanted to do this. We always wanted to do that. And so they might spend a little bit more than what they should be spending, or they don't understand the arithmetic of what they should be spending, right? And then next thing you know, they have to. I mean, there's they look at the account balance and there's it's like, no well, choice. What, the, what the heck just happened? Where did our money go? You know? And it's, it's pretty scary that you just need to figure out what is going on because we're talking about financial independence. And I'm telling you, there's nothing more powerful than achieving financial independence. Nothing will bring you more power, confidence, and freedom in your life. It won't just change the way you feel and think about money. It will change the way you think about everything. There's only one thing that's standing between you and financial independence, and that's a plan. It's not about saving X amount of money. It's not about the next hot stock or some one-size-fits-all product. It's a comprehensive plan that tackles risk, income, taxes, Social Security, healthcare, inflation, and so much more. Now back to your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson, uh, Big Al Clopine. Thanks for tuning in. Go to our website, please, purefinancial.com, if you want more information about us. Again, we're a fee-only registered investment advisor, uh, never a commission generated to our firm. Uh, what we do is give advice, financial planning advice. So if you want more information, go to Pure Financial Advisors. America's retirement crisis, Alan. I love these headlines. But unfortunately, there's a little bit of truth to this. Americans age 75 and older lost one-third of their financial assets and one-sixth of their total net worth between 2007 and 2010. Really? Okay. Why do you think that is? Well, that was the Great Recession. Yes, and then once you're retired, what are you spending more time looking at than you should? You're spending more time looking at your investments. Exactly. And then that's when there was all the doom and gloom, and you thought that the Dow was going to go down to nothing based upon what some of the experts were saying. Yes. So it's like they continue to look at their investments while they're retired. And I understand it. Don't get me wrong. I totally get it. I understand it because it's like, okay, wait a minute. It's a very daunting thing. It's frightening. It is. It's like, all right, well, here, I'm giving up my paycheck to create my own paycheck. I don't have a big pension. I have some Social Security and I have a nest egg. This nest egg needs to create retirement income that myself and my spouse can live happily ever after. Right. And then we have market turmoil. And then you continue to look at the media, you continue to read the paper, and you, in yourself, in your mind, you're, o- you're almost thinking that you can predict the future. You know, It's like, oh my goodness, this is different this time. I, I, I'm going to have to do something. And the easiest thing to do is to get out. Yeah, that's, and we hear this all the time. In fact, that's a common thing. Uh, they'll say, well, Joe and Al, you don't really understand. This is my nest egg. I can't afford to lose anymore. I got to get out. And, of course, when are they saying that? They're saying that when the market is down, right? And so basically what you've done when you when you do that is you've secured your losses. They become real losses, and you won't receive the recovery. And, boy, you think of the Great Recession. It got at its worst in March of 2009, and it did take, depending upon your investments, it, it probably took a year and a half to three years to recover, but it did recover, and it came back quite a bit higher than what it was before the crash. And that's, but that's very difficult to do, especially for folks that just retired and they, almost, and they haven't had this experience. Exactly. Um, and it's, it's almost impossible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Without having like a sounding board. Right. To keep it grounded a little bit. But it's funny, um, Ellen and I have been doing this show for 10 years. And so 2008, you know, we're trying to keep things a little bit light. And it's like you have to hold on, you have to stay the course. All right. 
you have a globally diversified portfolio, right? People would call in and say, what's going to happen when the markets go to zero? And they were dead serious. Right. Uh, you know, all the gold bugs were out and everything. And, and it was a really scary time. And, you know, you take a look at the age wave, right? A lot of people are turning 65. And back then, a lot of still a lot of people were turning 65 and trying to retire. And when you look at your money going down, it's like, okay, well, here, I got to live off this. And now it's down 5%. It's down 10%. It's down 15 20%. I just lost uh, my year's paycheck in two days. Right. I can't do this. Right. Yeah, right? I can't do this anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm getting off the train. You, you have to to, I guess, put things in perspective and make sure that you understand exactly everything that you're doing. Here's another thing. Many retirees underestimate future living expenses. Is that not the truth? Yes, I completely agree with that because we've seen it, particularly in those first few years when you do a lot more travel. It is, um, yeah. And then I think a lot of people underestimate healthcare expenses, um, maybe just everyday living because everything's now coming from your assets versus your paycheck. Right. And most of you are living paycheck to paycheck. And now you're trying to replicate your paycheck that you're doing in retirement. And you don't necessarily know how much money that you need to replicate the paycheck. So you might be spending too much. Um, and then all of a sudden you're spending a little bit more than what you were spending because you have more free time. Um, so yes. uh, you, you have to chart this stuff out. You well, have to take a look at you know what what's going on wh here. One thing we've certainly noticed is it's much harder to spend money when you're working. Yeah. Right? Now, when you're home, or I, you're, I, I, you're out. I want to spend a couple of bucks right now. I can't. <laughs> you're working. <laughs> I'm going to order a pizza. But you get home, and it's like, all right, oh, I could go to the department store. Let's check that out. Right. Hey, yeah. Hey, we got time. Yeah. What are we going to do today? Let's go to Macy's. I don't know. Let's go to let's go to Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Walmart is jammed. Yeah. Packed. It is. All the time. Right. Every day. And uh, it's like my grandma used to say when she came home with $300 worth of stuff, which back then was a lot. She'd say, oh, but look, I saved $50. <laughs> right. Uh, you've all heard this before, but this is a, a very true and very exciting fact is that we're living a lot longer. Life expectancies for both men and women are steadily increasing over time. In 1950, a 65-year-old man lived to an average age of 77, while a woman lived until uh, age 80. In 2016, a 65-year-old man's average life expectancy has increased to about 84 years of age, while a woman is close to 87. All right, And what do you think that number? It's going up. And these are just averages. Right. So a lot of you are going to live a lot longer than that. So do you have enough capital to maintain your lifestyle long term? Again, I, I don't want to be doom and gloom here, but I think there's some facts that people need to take a look at and consider just to make sure that they have a more financial peace of mind. Right. But, you know, it's uh, it, it's tough to do. A lot of times people would rather just kind of hope. And that's not necessarily a strategy. It, it is true, Joe. And and. Uh... I don't know if this is related or not, but I found this interesting, Joe. This is a study from AARP, and they asked different um, age groups what age they thought was where you're over the hill. Okay, so millennials, so that they thought you're over the hill at age 56. All so, right. So I'm already past. No, oh, no. I'm, I got plenty of time. So uh, Gen X, so that'll be you. Your age group thought being over the hill was 62. Okay. I'm approaching that. I'm still in the 50s, barely. But the baby boomers, they think being over the hill is 75. Wasn't over the hill 40? Well, it depends how old you are. Right. Well, no. Remember, like, you would get the big black balloon? It <laughs> yeah. says over the oh, hill? Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that at age 40? Probably. I remember my parents was like, oh, over the hill. 
Check this out, though. If you're in your 70s, you think over the hill is 80. Nine, yeah. It just keeps getting pushed out. Well, I mean, a lot of our clients are in their 70s, and I'm telling you, man, they don't look 70. They look 50. They do, right? Oh. And 70 is the new 50? Isn't well, that what you say? Pretty much. I mean, some individuals, it's like, you know. And then others, we, we have some 50-year-olds that, that they could be 70. They could be, yeah. They could be a little older than that. It's like, how old are you? What? It's like, are you with your daughter? And then oh, that's my I, wife. I remember when we, uh, 10 years ago, we were in client meetings, and uh, there'd be someone that turned out to be like five years older than me, and they were one that didn't age so well. And you always had fun with that. Al, after the meeting was over, Al, that's what you're going to look like in a few years. You're done. Oh, man. When it comes to planning for retirement, all right, what you have now versus what you'll actually need are two totally different things. What you have now is a bunch of random statements from a brokerage account or your 401k plan. And there's no rhyme or reason as to how everything works together. I think we both can agree. That's not going to get you very far. What you need is a plan, a plan that will provide income in retirement while reducing your risk, a plan that will wring every nickel out of your Social Security benefits, a plan that could help you pay fewer taxes so you could keep this money for yourself. So how do you get from point A to point B? How do you get from random statements to a sound retirement plan that brings you clarity and confidence? I'm telling the answers with our customized five-point retirement master plan. Unfortunately, we can't do this for everyone. But for the first 10 callers on the show today, it's not going to cost you a dime for your initial analysis, so you have nothing to lose. I want you to be one of the first 10 callers right now at 888-994-6257, the best investment you'll ever make is an investment in yourself. And the only investment you'll make here is your time. Call 888-994-6257. Again, we're a fee-only registered investment advisor, a fiduciary 